Hello. Hello. Joe, I have a question for you. Sure. I have <laughs> I have the ability to hear a question. Uh, oh, I like that. I like yes. that. Yes. Just in case one you of my can't traits. answer it. <laughs> uh, do you know why rat terriers are called rat terriers? Uh, because they would hunt down little rats. Mm-hmm. Yes, they mm-hmm. would. Yeah, that's what they do. Um, yeah. Mizzy reminded me of that this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm celebrating her because she's great, because this is genuinely great. Um, uh, I don't know. How, I don't know how it works in California, but here in the Midwest, um, as it starts to get cooler, oftentimes little buddies will come and hang out inside if they can. Um, and a little mouse friend was trying to make its home inside of my house. And you can't do that when, when there's a rat terrier around because they will find, they've got a particular set of skills that they've gained over a long lifetime and they will find you and they will kill you. Yes. The Liam Um, Neeson terriers. The (laughs) Liam Neeson terrier. Oh my God. I'm changing the name. Um, and so, yeah, um, quite literally right before I was hopping on to record this, I uh, discovered the <laughs> the trophy because uh, I had walked back into the living room and Mizzy popped out from behind the uh, there's like a rocking chair type deal in the living room. And she had popped back out from behind and she like locked eyes with me. And then she like froze for a second and then her tail just started wagging wildly. And because she's a rat terrier, she has a short, short bobbed tail. So when she wags her tail, she wags her whole back end. So her back end is just going back and forth. And I'm like, what do you have back there? I come over and it's a little dead mouse. Um, So congratulations to Mizzy this morning on a successful hunt and thank you. Thank you, uh, the Liam Neeson Terrier, for helping keep my house uh, rodent-free. Interesting way to start the show. Had not <laughs> had I expected that, but uh, again, you hadn't expected it either. So, correct, it was Sur- unexpected all around. Surprise for everyone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I I don't have that experience because I don't have any pets. Um, but I am I am familiar with it. My uh, it uh. Uh, a cousin of mine, uh, the aunt, uncle cousin arrangement, uh, up in Pennsylvania, uh, had like a huge, enormous backyard that was basically just like the wilderness, and they had <laughs> outdoor cats, uh, not indoor cats. And so these outdoor cats would sometimes just mosey on up to the back door mm-hmm. and sit there with a big old grin. Well, not a grin, but just looking very cat-like, and then. At their feet would be something that they found, usually uh, like a bird or something. And it's like, oh, oh God, it's a good, good job, I guess. Yeah. The problem with birds is like they're mostly feathers. Mm-hmm. So it's like hardly any meat at all. And hardly no, any it, calories. It, it doesn't seem to be hunting for food as much as just like hunting for hunting. So they were they were oh. like, you know, I don't know, sport hunters or something. <laughs> that makes um, sense. But uh, but. On brighter, happier notes that don't have to do with animals killing other animals um, <laughs> because of the way they have been bred and domesticated, um, but are still technically wild animals. 
let, let's let's move on to to things that have been in the wild now, and and that would be uh, several operating systems ish version things and phones and watches <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yes, they've been out there. They've been around. They've been in people's hands. Some people bought like seven watches and then maybe took one back and kept six. And I mean, there are lots of uh, different situations depending. Yeah, not, not not to name any names, Dan, Dan. but um, some people just can't control themselves when it comes to buying new merchandise. <laughs> you know, Joe, I fit right right into that little pocket though so oh no how many did you buy <laughs> i bought six watches no um i did i did buy a watch uh i did talk about how i was not excited about uh the iphone but honestly it was our conversation and how you brought up the fact that it sort of doesn't make sense if you do the upgrade program to not upgrade um that led me to just go ahead and go forth with it and so I do have an iPhone 10 S Max uh, in uh, white. You, you you went for the big one. Yes, that that I knew I was going to do. Um, because again, I have monster hands, and <laughs> so I have plenty of of space. And honestly, like this phone does feel, it's like to, for for me, it's it feels like the perfect size uh, in my hand and screen wise and all of those things. Uh, this phone feels great. And I quite like it. Um, but again, I'm not jazzed about it. It's not anything super special. It's I, I like I sort of look at it and go, so what is it you do? What what what's your deal? What what are you uh what 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 do you got going for you? And then it sort of like takes a sip of its whiskey, gets a little red in the face, and then sort of breathes out and it's like, I'm between jobs right now. Um, and yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. Uh, I have to say, uh, I knew like last time I knew that I was going to upgrade just because of the, um, way that it all works out on paper if you're in the upgrade program. Um, but I have to say that the, the phone itself is perhaps even more of an underwhelming upgrade than I thought it was going to be. Oh, snap. Uh, yeah. Because I, I mean, I knew that not much was changing. It was going to get faster and all this other stuff. But honestly, um, using iOS 12 on my iPhone 10 for like that week before this shipped, um, it, it does not feel super different to me to use the uh, iPhone 10s. Mm-hmm. Um, now the the camera, I have not been in, putting it through its paces because I'm not like on vacation anywhere photogenic. Um, I, I'm I'm just you know. You mean you don't take photos of your overnight oats every morning? Mm, no, uh, but but I have I have uh, I took one little joke photo of uh, the uh, of, of a glass of water um, in portrait <laughs> mode, just because I'm a jerk. Because uh, portrait mode still has all of the deficiencies that it had before. Basically, um, you can just adjust the the apparent uh, defocus level. Um, that's that's of course you know got its pros and cons it's kind of fun is because you can if you use the slider you can see the image break in in real time as you slide back and forth uh (laughs) there there's some photos that it can take that look decent but uh others that it takes that it's just like uh, still it just still has those those enormous problems and there's no way 
inside of photos to to fix those problem areas there isn't like a selection tool to be like no that water next to the guy's neck is water in the background not a feature of his shirt or uh you know that that piece of hair is hair and not part of the background um there is there is no no like quick select or uh any way to to provide any feedback so you're still like at the mercy of whatever this thing decides is depth and a lot of times that can be um limited by the what the disparity is vertically on things which is why things like drinks tend to fail because there's a straw that has its depth vertically um but it can't you can't really get the disparity on that vertically because it's all vertically aligned it's not horizontally aligned uh, so you get a, it thinks that usually a straw is in the background or part of um, a reflective lid or something will be in the background because it can't determine the edges um, on, on it because it's only comparing it vertically, uh, which is just sad. It's just sad, but uh, it does seem just, I guess, a little snappier in most ways. I, I'm just surprised by how little extra snappiness it has. <laughs> yeah I, again there's no there's no feature that really stands out that makes because the the camera is is good but i don't know how much how much better it is in comparison to the camera on my iphone 10 and the iphone 10 was such an upgrade that this iphone 10s just sort of feels like it has a bigger screen okay yeah. cool it has a bigger screen cool um I probably the battery is better. I don't know. Because <laughs> um, I don't really like can I don't think so, so for some people, you know, especially if you leave the house to go places to go to work <laughs> or things like that, you're going to notice, I think, a little bit more how your battery life is doing because you have some sort of event or not event, but what am I like time period in which you need the phone to be full battery. So, you, or, you know, have battery. So you're going to be looking at it and seeing it. I don't leave the house except to like go to the grocery store and things like that. And so I don't have like a period of time where I'm looking at the battery, making sure it's still full and I've got wireless chargers. Well, uh, inductive chargers all over my house and, you know, battery packs and whatnot. So I don't really ever see that. So I don't know how much better the battery is being uh, that it's a max version. Yeah. I, I mean, I can only compare it. To, I got the, I had the 10 and I have the 10 S now, and I can only compare, uh, those, those two. And, I have to say that my overall battery health was still decent on the 10. It was in the um, low 90s, um, I guess, 94-ish, I think, uh, last I looked. And it would hold a charge for most of the day, but uh, sometimes with a lot of active use, it would uh, start to die in the evening. Um, but uh, in general, would be fine. And with the 10S. Like yesterday afternoon, I was at like 68% when Dan was complaining that his 10S Max was at 20%. So I don't know what the world what the Dan heck? is doing. Yeah, I know. He's probably running 15 workflow shortcuts. And no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Dan. No. I've already rezzed you once on the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> but he, uh, he, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, I guess your 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 mileage may vary, but um, I, I haven't seen anything 
bad about the battery, but I haven't seen anything that's made me go, oh, wow, <laughs> like the best battery ever. Like that hasn't occurred. The but, best uh, battery in a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think they only promised like an extra half hour on the on the 10s um, or something like that when they were doing the presentation. Uh, so it's not like they were uh, they they weren't really promising that this would be a huge upgrade for the battery, just like it would not be worse is basically what they were saying (laughs) we promise it won't be worse that's great yeah and it's uh, well uh, that's an interesting thing like i wonder i because depending on how you set up your phone um if you do it as a new uh completely new upgrade or if it's uh not (laughs) i don't know if it's a new upgrade or if it's not a new upgrade that can make a difference uh on what and by new upgrade, I mean new setup. Um, that can make a difference on on how your phone's battery life is doing. Uh, but yeah, I'm curious why he was having such low battery life. And you know, I guess too, like if he's using it more maybe than you were, that could that could be part of it. Yeah. But I'm genuinely curious about that. <clears throat> uh, I am. Uh, one one weird thing though is the uh. Like you said, that upgrade process, um, this is the first year I tried to do the hold them next to each other thing. Um, last year, uh, Jason did that and he got burned uh, by <laughs> by having some weird issues uh, for a couple weeks until there were some uh, like point releases that resolved some stuff. But he still had to like he'd still had some login problems and missing data and things. Um, but I, I figured I'd give it a shot this year. I have to say, I'm I'm not sure I would do that again. Uh, the the restore process is fast, and the icons and stuff are all there, and then they start populating slowly as they download. Um, but you can still use your phone the entire time, which is better than using the iTunes restore from backup, where it's like I need to reimage this device, so don't touch anything. Yeah, um, but at the same time you still have a lot of like weird missing things. And I also noticed uh, some peculiar quirks that were resolved by rebooting everything I owned um, <laughs> because it seems it, it's really weird. Cause it, it like uh, it got out of sync for playback controls. So I could play and pause within overcast, but then if I tried to play and pause in control center, it wouldn't work. And if I tried to play and pause with my Bluetooth headphones, uh, the Beats the, the Beats X, they wouldn't work. And if I tried to play and pause with the controller on my watch, it wouldn't work. But if I re but I rebooted everything that I had, and then everything would work together again. Um, similarly, uh, I had to do another reboot when I was after I had plugged it into CarPlay. It wasn't playing nice with the the head unit in my car. Um, but then I rebooted it again for that and it was fine. So I, it seems like it's like, Hey, I've just met you for the first time car or headphones <laughs> hey, or whatever. You, and this is crazy. <laughs> uh, here's my, here's my car. Whoa, golly. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> nope. Not this morning. We're not singing mm. this morning. No, uh, but yeah, it's it, it's it's weird because it, it also like brought over my uh, Beats X headphone setting. But now, are you sure that's Beats X and not Beats Tin? <laughs> uh, I have been told that it is Beats it, X. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> I am. I am so 
aggravated by a certain fruit company's naming schemes. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was weird because it brought over the connection settings. So when I started up the headphones, it paired to my my uh, current 10s and didn't try to like pair to my old one or something like that or pair to an inactive device. Huh. But the advantage of that was, you know, of course, muted by the fact that I had to reboot everything because <laughs> they didn't want to control the stuff. Uh, so eventually, I'm sure they'll get there. And like with the watch, it, <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, with the watch, I've had to reboot it. I think like two or three times since then because it will. It was doing weird stuff like the the uh, local weather wasn't showing. You were getting those like double dashes for like missing data. Oh and yeah. It, and it's like, I know you know where I am, and I know I know where I am, and I know you have an internet connection, and I know you're connected to my phone, but for some reason you're not loading my local stuff. So uh, rebooting, like, a few times has seemed to resolve that. Um, I haven't seen that come up again. But it certainly is not uh, as flawless as I would like it to be. I'd really like to just get a new phone and then do this pairing thing and then just go with everything wake up flawless yeah and i don't love the re-log into everything part of the stuff um i i I really wish it would carry over all of your logins because it's like a minefield for all of your apps um because you can trigger those apps from outside of the apps now but then they won't do things because you haven't opened up the app for the first time to go into the login screen so it'll just fail in the background somewhere and you don't know that uh so the first time i plugged it in for carplay i couldn't launch overcast because my overcast wasn't set up i had to open overcast on my phone first and then log in there and do all that stuff i didn't know that it hadn't copied over the application settings for overcast i knew it probably didn't copy over all of the the like stored podcasts but i figured it had my like account um but uh, it, but it hadn't been been brought over, and same thing with Twitter. Uh, I had to. I had a yeah, there was a, a workflow app um, thing, which is now a shortcut uh, for posting when the bootleg for the Defocus show goes up, um, and that there's no automated method to do that with Mastodon. So I have that like Moa party whatever thing set up that you have, mm-hmm. um, and I just push the button, and then the Defocused account tweets that uh the thing is ready and then that goes out on the mastodon one too well that workflow ran and ran without error but then i noticed on mastodon that it it never populated the bootleg thing and i was like oh that's weird like because i sent i sent the stuff so where did it go and Mm -hmm. i opened up uh the twitter app and it's like make sure you're gonna need to log in to authenticate to your account and it's like oh because it doesn't tell you that as part of the process because it has just been sent something in the background and it's just like i'm not going to do it and then here's your login screen but then that doesn't go back to the app where you had tried to trigger the thing from <sighs> have you seen any of that that those shenanigans with yeah, your yeah yeah everything um needed to be logged back into um or reauthenticate well most everything um needed to be reauthenticated or relogged back into and it was very annoying, and I didn't like it, and I do wish that it was better. Yeah, because I, I would really like it, though. It, like, even if you need to do that, I want like to do all of it at the same time. Yes. Yeah, just keep, keep me going through like a next, next, next sort of workflow 
uh, where you help me get everything set up so that I don't need to think about it later. Yeah, I don't want to be surprised when I go to launch something and then it doesn't work or if I try to run um, something in the background and it doesn't work. Yeah, if your user is surprised, you failed. Yeah, and speaking of running stuff in the background, I don't know if you played Aroma Shortcuts yet, but yeah, I feel like that was overhyped for me. I have... Yes. I have not, yes, yes, yes. I have not found anything about it that is significantly different for my life than workflow was well okay so i don't i don't know that um like the hype that i have heard is more just sort of general hype about being able to do these different things that maybe some people didn't know about before because it was a third-party app but in terms of like shortcuts being different from workflow yeah absolutely like i don't see um much of a difference at all other than being able to just use um spears <laughs> other than just being able to use apple's voice assistant to trigger some of those things um and i guess like deeper integration at the os level blah 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 but yeah over workflow i don't think it's any all that different yeah, and even browsing through the gallery to try to get some ideas of like what what is it that I'm missing? Um what is what are the things that I could be doing with this with Siri that I'm not currently doing? Uh and I'm not finding anything. Like there Coming is up empty. <laughs> yeah, there there is in under essentials. The the word essential meaning a, a, something that you that you need words um, mean things, Apple. Words mean things. Yeah, under essentials is browse top news. And what that is, is a, a uh, shortcut to browse today's top news stories from the RSS feeds of TechMem, uh, the New York Times, CNN, BBC, or NPR, then open the selected articles in Safari. <laughs> this this shortcut works with the following apps and services, colon, Safari. That I mean, what, what do you need that for? You don't? It's not essential? No, it's, it's, it's really weird. It's not essential. That didn't sound anything like Arnold Schwarzenegger, so I don't know why I was going for that. You're you're, you're uh, 0 for two on the voice stuff this morning. Yeah, uh, my voice is not. Day. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's cold, and and I'm just frightened because I have a little murderer in my house. So <laughs> I'm just having an off day, Joe. Just don't come at me, please. Like there's a news junkies section and it has check Twitter explore and it jumps right to the explore tab in top trends. And I can do that right myself. I, know, I don't what, what need is, your help. What is the point of the uh, like there, there's I mean, there is some stuff in here that is genuinely, um, you know, like convert photos to uh, a GIF. Mm -hmm. Well, but that was a workflow that existed before. Um, it's good that it's more widely known and available now that people are going to be installing the shortcut uh, app. But it, it, it like doesn't doesn't really do anything else for me and then if i try to build something and it's like oh well, what will i build i'll use the siri suggestions the siri suggestions are awful uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's just like you recently sent a text message to so-and-so do you want to send that again as a workflow action it's just like why would i do that make sense yeah <laughs> none of the suggestions that i've gotten so far have made any sense why would i do a thing that i just do i don't need a workflow for it i can just i could just do it i don't that's not the suggestions are not multi-step and i think that's the biggest problem like if siri could figure out that i i don't know 
every morning I like start uh, Audible and hit play on the latest uh, audio book and then turn on the lights in my living room and um, I'm trying to think of something else. I don't know. Unlock my front door to go get the paper. Uh, then like suggest, Hey, I've seen that you've been doing this thing every day. What, how about creating a workflow for this where it just has it all built in, but these one step things don't make any sense to me because I can just do the one step. Yeah. Well, I can see why it has the single step as a thing. I, I, uh, like if you were trying to build the action, which is the interface that pops that up in, um, then you might only want that one thing, but at the same time, um, the things that it's suggesting are incredibly specific, uh, and seem to be something you've only done once. Um, like, you know, text this person the exact sentence that you sent them already. Um, <laughs> it's eager. It's eager to please. So it's like, ah, these are the first things you're doing. So I better just uh, go ahead and suggest that you want to do them again. Yeah. And so it, it has very little utility, uh, in, in that regard. Um, but another thing I'd been hoping for is that with this integration that you would be able to use, um, you'd get more useful Siri triggers for other apps like overcast. Like maybe someday I'll be able to say, uh, Hey bleep play, uh, clockwise, uh, play the latest clockwise and then it'll do it. Um, now you can build a Siri, uh, you can build a shortcut and have Siri do that, but you have to build it per podcast that you want to do that for <laughs> just so dumb. Uh, like why why can't I just it needs sort to be able in, to have, yeah like get overcast look into the overcast app and find the media that has this name and then play that media yeah and it it it's not it's not there for that and I also can't do stuff like uh uh trigger media for Amazon Music. Um, and now you can say, oh, well, that's because Amazon Music hasn't built in like hooks for that yet. And it's just like, okay, I guess. But even if they built in hooks, like, would it just, it would just be like Overcast, right? Where I'm just going to be saying, Amazon Music, play this specific album that I've built a shortcut for. Um, the, it doesn't, that's, that's not a way to do stuff. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like that at all. It really needs to be better than that. Um, so I have to say, from that regard, I'm, I'm not as sold on the utility of shortcuts at this current time. Uh, I also found the upgrade process to be uh, dumb because it is an app in the App Store, which means it can be updated more frequently than if it was included inside the iOS bundle. But because it's not inside the iOS bundle, uh, and I already had workflow before I upgraded, then what happened was I got iOS 12 with the old workflow app in it and I had to open up the app store to trigger the update for uh, shortcuts so that it would see that it could download shortcuts and then I had to download shortcuts um, separately it doesn't do that as part of the install process where it's like hey this is an integral part of our operating system <laughs> even though it's in the app store so I will update it uh, and I, I saw online that a few other people were tripped up by that because they're like, hey, I downloaded 
you know, the new version of iOS and I don't have shortcuts, what happened? And they're like, is this because I deleted the workflow app before? And it's like, no, well, sort of ish, kind of like you need to go download this thing from the app store. And it's not obvious to you um, if you expect to use that. It's a lot of fun if you're also using the shortcuts beta because the shortcuts beta remains unchanged, but workflow becomes shortcuts. So then you have shortcuts and shortcuts on your <laughs> device. And then when you don't realize that that's happened and you are trying to trigger a workflow slash shortcut, uh, then there are two shortcuts options in the quick action menu. And then you don't know which one to press. And then one of them is actually uh, shortcuts from the app store. And one of them is shortcuts beta. And then you try to get rid of one of them. But then you get rid of the wrong one. And then there's one that's in there. And yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, that should have been smoother for beta testers. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, I have to say, uh, I'm kind of like fine with ios 12 it didn't b really like ruin anything but uh <laughs> didn't ruin anything but it didn't stand out any either no because it, its biggest promise is of course it made things better um performance wise right performance wise and also performance wise for older phones as well um so it even seemed to be snappier on my my 10 before i upgraded to the 10s but uh there's there's no real super huge advantage also using carplay um i was excited to be able to use google maps and ways as alternatives to apple maps mm -hmm. um which apple has improved maps over time and for many people apple maps uh does a good job in most cases uh it is not perfect and it doesn't do a good job everywhere and the specific routes and requirements that you have in your life will dictate whether or not it's as good as it needs to be. And Google still outshines Apple Maps for me in my specific region. Mm -hmm. uh, having said that, um, the way that it works in CarPlay is not good because... Oh, no. Yeah, it's 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 really weird. Uh, they don't seem to have like checked whether or not the text legibility is good uh, because you'll see, you know how Google Maps does that thing where it puts like the street name on the street, like literally on the street. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and so if the road curves or something, then the name of the street curves on the road. Curves, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then it just looks like bad kerning. Um, <laughs> uh, so there's, there's a bunch of that happening, like in perspective while you're driving. So you'll get these weird, tiny little roads that have botched names because they're on a, like a gently curving road. And it's, it's very strange. Uh, it does have, your your turn by turn and uh, lane guidance stuff, so that's good. And their lane guidance is better than Apple Maps lane guidance, which is also good. And it tells you to turn when you should be turning, um, instead of sometimes with Apple Maps, it'll tell you to turn after you've missed your turn, um, because it doesn't know that the turn lane started uh, several car lengths back. Um, the the other uh, weird thing is that, uh, and the biggest downside is that you can't use Siri to tell it to go to a thing. You have to. Oh, brother. Well, Sorry. I'm not sure I understand. Oh, God. Uh -oh. 
that's annoying that, it, that you can't do I didn't, that. I didn't, I didn't say the, the hey word. And it, 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 anyway, remember that one time that Phil Schiller was on stage at the talk Siri. show? and use and, Siri. Yeah. You can't use Siri. I'm trying to think of how that could have even sounded like hey. You mm. can't use Siri. Can't use Siri. Nope. No. Yeah. So anyway, the you, you can't trigger it to get a, a route. Um, but you can push a little microphone button, and that gives you the, the Google the voice assistant version of being able to oh, tell it my word yeah so but that's the microphone button on the screen um not the microphone button in your car so if you're it, it, it's it's a situation where if you don't like to take your hand off the steering wheel while you're driving um then you should definitely do that when you are stopped um because it can take a second uh also it doesn't seem to be as good at using your car's microphones uh, to interpret what you've said. Um, there is a text entry field uh, when, that you can use when your car is not in motion. Um, that's fine. It it seems okay-ish, but kind of slow. Uh, Waze, similarly, um, you can enter uh, an address or you can search for a term and it uses Google's database in order to find things. Um, so I experimented with that because Waze was released uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was the most recent uh, and I've had the least time to use it. Uh, and with Waze, you can have a search field that you enter the stuff in, but there's no um, voice support for doing that. Uh, also, Waze is still not my preferred app of choice uh because it's it's very ways it it uh this morning i used it to get from jason's apartment to my apartment and i usually go on a surface street to uh, several surface streets to get there um but it decided that the fastest way for me to get to my apartment was to take um the the i-10 expressway which i was skeptical of but i went along with for the purposes of this uh test Mm -hmm. um and uh that was maybe faster by a minute but only (laughs) but you wound up at the merging lane for robertson and the 10 where you have a yield sign and the oncoming traffic has formed a gridlock because they're all trying to get onto the 10 entrance while you're trying to get across them to get to the robertson street thing Anyway. Is this the Californians that we're doing here? Yeah, this is the Californians. It, anyway, the but the point is, it gave me directions that are very ways like, which is it's faster if you don't mind cutting across and doing lots of maneuvers that um, may may require uh, some dexterity um, compared to <laughs> compared to uh, you know other other routing apps where they generally try to stick you to large main roads and to to big turns on big intersections um so it 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 is still ways in that in that regard also when you trigger it on carplay it stays active in the background on your phone so you need to open the app back up and put it back to sleep so that it doesn't eat your battery alive um because it is constantly checking your your location from that point on Oh my! This—that's not integration, in my no, opinion. It also would like access to your health data, so that it can tell when the car is parked, and that you're walking away from your car, and that's how it uses that. Uh, Wait, I, there's a separate thing from. I don't know why it needs your because there's activity in motion is a whole separate, um, 
uh, ad, like addition, like you can use activity and motion permission and then you don't have to use health permissions. So that's kind of sketchy. Yeah. Well, I did not enable that. Um, but it, it, it is, it is uncomfortable that it asks for that. And I have to assume that a lot of people just gave it access. Um, and whether I, I assume I'll, I'll, you know, take them at their word that they're not using that data um, uh, for any other reason other than determining whether or not your car is parked. But at the same time, exposing your data to that company's app um, for no good reason um, so that some other person can come along later and, and uh, use that exposure, exposed data um, if the app was compromised in some way uh, or, or if it's like Facebook, where they're just like any data that they get, they just store in a database for forever. Yum, 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 yum. Delicioso. Yes. <laughs> then, then that gets compromised at some point. Like, I, you, you, you don't need to do any of that stuff. So I, I, I just didn't do that. But um, I don't see myself using Waze uh, in the future. Um, it does do the stuff that it normally does with like, oh, there's police ahead in 0.4 miles. And it's like, okay. Um, I mean, I'm not going to get any advantage out of that but thanks but uh ways biggest advantage has always been um it's accident reporting features yeah uh so if you're in a situation where the traffic has stopped moving um then i'm sure that you you might find yourself flipping over to ways to figure out uh what is going on up ahead um because it still seems to be the fastest at uh uh reporting accidents um because people are actually entering that an accident has occurred um, whereas uh, other apps generally either source from Waze or use other uh, alert systems, like uh, uh, SigAlert is a is a, is an app that you can get basically, and that determines uh, that, that lets you know whether or not there's been like an accident on uh, the freeway. Um, but it, like that that doesn't have a CarPlay app or any of that stuff, and it's also generally slower than Waze is. Uh, so. It, I don't know. The jury is out on whether or not this is a huge advantage. I think having Google Maps is an advantage. Waze, not so much. I don't see there being any room in the field for another mapping app at this point to help you um, in the car. So it's really just, I think, the duopoly of Apple and Google there. Uh, and Apple has just, I think, uh, a nicer looking interface than Google does at this time. Yeah. Uh, and I, for me... Uh, where where I live, not as a Californian, I have just a a, a fine like a, a, my experience with Apple Maps is great. So anytime I've had the opportunity to use CarPlay, like when I've uh, rented a vehicle, um, it's I've, I'm jealous of it. Like I want to have that experience always. Um, and yes, I know there are third party CarPlay things out there but like buying one of those at this point would probably be more cost would probably cost more than my car is even worth uh, so i'm not going to install one of those systems in my vehicle but uh yeah i think that it would be a lot of fun um to have carplay and and use it all the time because i do like it but yeah i just use apple maps and it works fine for me and it's it's you know, a good experience, I think, in the car that keeps your eyes on the road um, and keeps sort of the the fiddly nature that can take place when you're sort of trying to Bluetooth uh, control things and, and use your phone in all of these different ways. Um, uh, one thing that 
I would like to talk about here is the new Apple Watch. Um, because once again, I was expecting the new Apple Watch to be a, you know, an upgrade, sure. Uh, and I knew that the health features, especially like the heart features, were going to be a, a good thing for me to have. But what I wasn't expecting was how much of a difference the screen is between the Series 3 and the Series 4 and how much more screen real estate there actually is on the watch now, uh, as well as how much thinner it is and um, how much zippier it is. It is a genuine, recognizable, full-on upgrade that I'm very, very happy about. Where with the iPhone XS Max, I'm like, meh, this is quite the upgrade. And I think that anybody that upgrades from any version of the watch, in my opinion, is going to find uh, this new version to be rather great. And Joe, we had talked about how uh, I was thinking about upgrading to the 40 millimeter instead of the 44 millimeter because I thought that it would be too big for my wrist. Um, but it's wider, not taller. Um, and so, at least I think, I can't remember. I think it's both wider and taller, but it's more wide than it is tall. Um, regardless, it actually fits on my wrist just fine and with it being thinner than the series three, uh, I think that helps make a difference too, where it doesn't feel super bulky on my wrist. Um, but I'm just, I'm very happy with the screen. I'm really surprised at the difference that it makes by going all the way to, well, not all the way to the edge, but you know, it's, it's more edge to edge with that curved display and the, like, it's, it's sort of funny when you, you know, use a passcode on your Apple watch, looking at the series three, those little tiles to type in your passcode versus the series four. It's, it's gigantic in comparison. Um, and there's just, like I said, a lot more screen real estate available and I'm, I'm digging that. There's a lot more that I feel like I can do on the watch. Um, and at first I thought I might be a little bothered by some of the new faces with all of the different, um, complications, but I've been using them and, so I've sort of already gotten used to it. And the biggest benefit, I think, is that any complication you have running means that the app that's tied to it that's on your watch is going to be updated more frequently. And so if you tap on a complication to launch that app, it's going to launch almost instantly. Well, it launches instantly, but then, you know, there's some loading to to collect data depending on what the app is. And... I've noticed that the the weight is far, 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 far shorter because it's always sort of grabbing that data in the background. Uh, and it's very rare that I even have to tap because there's more information available just on the watch face itself. So I'm all around jazzed with this new watch. Um, I find myself wearing it even more than I wore the Series 3, uh, which I was pretty much wearing the Series 3 all the time, but it's like even more, oh, I need to make sure this is charged so I can have it on my wrist because it feels great and it's exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm happy with it. Uh, what finish did you get? I went again with the Space Gray Aluminum. Mm -hmm. I've had that since the beginning. My Series 0 is Space Gray Aluminum. My Series 3 was Space Gray Aluminum. And now my Series 4 is Space Gray Aluminum. 
That's nice. I, I, that's what I have on my Series 3, too. Um, I, I, and like we talked about before, the only downside, I, I think, is I, a lot of the lugs don't look very good with the space gray. But you said yeah. there's the kit to switch out the lugs. <laughs> um, uh, did, did you... Uh, did you buy yourself a fancy new band to celebrate, or are you still going along with the old ones now that you have a uh, you have one that's compatible? Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I am ridiculous in that I am impatient. Um, I was planning on going for the uh, Black Sport Loop, because uh, you can buy the, the Apple Watch Series 4 in 44 millimeters with the Black Sport Loop, um, because the other one is a band that I already have. Well, when I went to because I made the decision to get the watch later uh, rather than at the same time that I got my phone. Um, so by the time I went to go look, the only one that would be delivered to me on launch day was the one that had the uh, Florida, Florida Blaster um, Apple Watch band, which I already have. But I wanted it, so I wanted the watch, so I just ordered it with that. So now I've got an extra Florida Blaster uh, black watch band that is, you know, tucked away for whenever I need it. Um, so I'm I'm rocking all of the watch face, I mean, watch bands that I've had, but I've got quite a few. So I don't, you know, I'm not not bothered by the fact that I didn't get to add a new one to my collection. Yeah, um, I I like the black sport loop, but um, it it as many people have said it feels cheap um compared to you know i would say even the nylon one um because i think a lot of that has to do with how velcro-y uh yeah the <laughs> attachment mechanism is um it's velcro-y and it's sort of uh it reminds me of a sweatband like that you wear in your head <laughs> yeah well i mean it is it's sporty um but uh it, it, the only real reason why i like it uh over uh, something like the nylon or the fluorolastomer one is because there isn't a, a predetermined uh, notch, um, which again, it's the velcroiness. Um, because uh, I was finding that my wrist was between two different notches um, on the 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 nylon and the fluorolastomer. Um, it was a better fit. Florida with, blaster. Yeah, Florida blaster. Uh, it was it was a better fit with the the nylon one for whatever reason. I guess the notch sizing is a little less. There are more notches um, around the mm-hmm. the thing than there are on the floor blaster, but <laughs> there um, are four notches. <laughs> no, but the but but it was just an uncomfortable feeling because like I would try it on and then it would be like oh I got it comfortable now I need to fidget with it again try to get it on a different notch setting and then try to get that on a different notch setting because I didn't like it when it was like dangling on my wrists like a bangle and I didn't like it when it was like. <laughs> you know cutting into my arm um so i it was it was just a a weird sensation but the the sport loop is more comfortable i just i just imagined it being worn as a bangle and that makes me laugh (laughs) yeah uh but uh, oh one thing about uh watches that i forgot during our carplay segment is a reason why i like apple maps um is because i can uh put it on a mode called eta only where it just shows the stuff on the screen without mentioning anything and then oh, that's nice yeah i didn't uh, know that but then it'll buzz my wrist when a turn is coming up um which is incredibly nice if you're going on a usual commute you just need to see how bad the traffic is that day um because you don't need the turn information 
uh, necessarily. Yeah, you, you just you just need to see whether or not there's a thing that's happening. Um, and just so you don't miss your turn, you get a little buzz on your wrist. So that's that's good. really nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Google, however, does not do that. I assume well, they don't have the. I assume they don't have access. Um, but maybe they haven't built it in. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, for Google, you can mute it. Um, but there's nothing that will trigger the the uh, Taptic engine inside of your inside of your watch. Um, and for Waze, uh, I yeah, there's it's, it's same same boat. Um, but as, like I said, I don't see myself using that um, in the future. So uh, th- that's less of a concern. But uh, with the with the watch and the phone um, out of the way, were there any other purchases or upgrades that you've you've done recently? No, um, I did upgrade my microwave. <laughs> did you buy the Amazon no, Basics? No, God, no. <laughs> no, God, no. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I here's the deal. I was thinking about this this morning, <clears throat> and while I have no reason to own an Amazon microwave with A-L-E-X-A built in. Uh, I think that there is something to this. Not because I'm using my voice to cook popcorn or, uh, I don't know, thaw chicken, but because somebody buys a microwave and they don't buy a microwave again for a really long time, typically. And... The industry standard on things change over time, and they change based on the wattage capability of your microwave, and they change based on uh, your like the the life of your microwave. As it gets older, it might not cook things as well, and so all these things add up to uh, I think what could be a potential opening for a smarter set of rules for microwaving things. Because, again, a popcorn button that comes pre-programmed in 2007 and the popcorn button of today are likely to be different. And so I like the idea that this microwave doesn't just sort of assume things. It's actually connecting to um, to Amazon servers and sort of like getting information to figure out how it should cook something. Uh, that also means that you know, there are only so many buttons you can put on a microwave typically. And so you don't have like your, I don't know, your quiche button on most microwaves or your, uh, I really like oranges when they're slightly warm, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of something very ridiculous. That's not, you know, not going to be put on, there's not going to be a button for it. And so I can say, Hey, boo boo, uh, (laughs) warm up my tea and then maybe it'll go, uh, what kind of tea? And I'll say, well, duh, Earl Grey hot. <laughs> and then it will warm it up for me at the proper temperature for a nice hot Earl Grey tea. Yeah. The, and the product awesome. page for uh, the Amazon Basics microwave does, in fact, say, Alexa, reheat one cup of coffee. Ah, see, see. And no, please don't. Don't do that. Don't do that to yourself. You care too much about yourself, dear listener, to reheat coffee. Can- cancel. <laughs> it just asked me for, for how long, and it's like, what did you think you were going to do if what? I gave you a time? <laughs> <laughs> 
That is that's curious. I want to know what the heck it thought I was going to do. That's fantastic. Uh, um, we should try to. Yeah. We should all try to reheat something. With yeah, our, I'm going to do that with my non microwave <laughs> devices. But uh, yeah, one one bad downside, like you were saying, uh, you know, microwave technology changes over time, and that you can do stuff over the internet to try to improve settings on on the microwave um I, I think you're giving them too much credit this is a 700 watt 0.7 cubic foot microwave which is the dorm room microwave true true it, it, this this is not going to do much of anything very well um its major selling point it, it is that it will be cheap ish um there are of course a wide variety of products that are almost identical that you can buy for sixty dollars um, uh, in in this category uh, of size and wattage. So you're not really, um, I don't think you're getting a fantastic deal with this unless you're like, I need both of these things. One thing that I do often with a microwave in the kitchen though is set a timer, um, which is something I also do very often with uh, Alexa. Um, so. That is uh, that is something where there's some overlap in in functionality, and like you said, people don't replace their microwaves very often. Uh, although, if you buy a 0.7 cubic foot, uh, 700 watt microwave, maybe you will be. <laughs> you will be buying them all the time. Yeah, because uh, just are not. You need as two nice. of them in order to cook everything. You need to cook with it. Yeah, yeah, but the like you said, though people don't generally replace appliances very often so if you build into the appliance then you're in that person's life for a longer period of time um that that is an advantage over something that is an add-on like some of the other um echo products where you have like the new echo input which is just a microphone that plugs in to your other devices uh which is basically a dot without a speaker and then Mm -hmm. the new dot has a better speaker than the old dot did um and then you have the new uh, echo that has better speaker than the old one did yeah but with the thing with like the input or any of that stuff like you're adding it to a sound system but you are uh yeah you could rip that thing out and replace it the next day if you wanted to mm-hmm. um whereas your your microwave you're not gonna like chuck it out the window um <laughs> day two yeah gone. <laughs> so it, it is it is it is interesting to see them build in for that um the the other weird product is the uh the echo auto um and i was curious based on you know your car situation whether or not that appeals to you yeah i actually did sign up for the um because it's an invite only thing mm-hmm. uh so i signed up for the invite only thing cuz i just want to try it um it's not that much money uh and it would be interesting to have in the vehicle where essentially at that point, you don't have to like there's nothing extra to add. It's already going to be in the car. And so you can use your voice to control. And I have a Spotify subscription and stuff like that. So um, I would be able to use the Echo's capabilities within the vehicle. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, what what were your thoughts on that one? Um, because of the car that I currently have. Uh, it doesn't appeal to me because I don't have um, I have I have CarPlay uh, and I I would not want to u- go back to using something that didn't have the interface with the screen and stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I I know that it is a relative rarity 
uh, for many people, and that having uh, having something like this is a much better uh, addition for some people uh, because it is a better microphone than just using your um, the microphone inside of your phone. Yes. Uh, which, if you've ever used, uh, listeners, if you've ever used your your um, your phone for trying to do navigation stuff, uh, it is it is fiddly if you're trying to use your voice for that because the car is so uh, full of road noise that um, it is not very good at distinguishing you from the road noise a lot of the time. Um, but uh, this is a, an eight fig- an eight microphone array. Um, and Echo it's purpose device. built for yeah. for being in the vehicle, you know mm-hmm. that that the experience is tailored specifically to it. Um, so in that way, I think that it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, the other thing that appeals to me actually is the wall clock. Um, <laughs> I actually uh, like the the spot. The one of the reasons why I got the spot was because it was essentially a clock mm-hmm. um, that you could sit, you know, on your nightstand or what have you. I've actually um, I looked up the I fix it uh tear down for the spot to figure out um how the screen comes off and excuse me um the screen you just you sort of stick a suction cup on it and you turn it to the left and then it unhooks and then you can pull the screen off and I went in and uh pulled the the web like the camera that's in it away from the screen put a piece of uh gaff tape over the hole and then put the webcam back because I didn't know if I if I disconnected the webcam it might cause issues with it like it would say oh this is not working properly Mm -hmm. so I kept the webcam there uh, reconnected it and then in the settings also disabled the webcam and now I have it actually sitting on the vanity in my bathroom Um, because on the nightstand next to my bed I didn't often use it because I have my phone there, but all the time when I'm like brushing my teeth in the morning or in the shower or what have you, uh, I always found myself wanting to know what time it was. And so now I have this, uh, this device sitting on my, my counter that can do that. And I don't have to, there's like, there's no need to worry at all that even if the webcam is off, it's somehow still looking at me while I'm in my bathroom, like getting in the shower and what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's all completely covered, but it gets to serve the purpose of being a clock um, that also can play music and stuff like that if I want to, or like listen to the morning headlines while I'm brushing my teeth. Um, so I'm happy with what that does for me. But yeah, the wall clock, uh, I think is interesting because one, of course, it's going to sync the time, which is nice. You don't have to worry about that. But it will also, when you set a timer using A-L-E-X-A, it will show the timer on the clock on your wall. So you can look up, see where the timer is. It's LEDs, uh, and you can see sort of where the timer is and how much time is left and use that to sort of like if you're in your living room, you know, waiting for the timer to complete, you can see how soon you're going to need to go back into the kitchen to finish the timer or what have you. So I think that's a pretty neat thing. And then they've also come out with, or they're working on two products, one that's an amplifier and then one that's just sort of a, a connector for a, a hi-fi system. So one actually has an amp built in, so you would plug your speakers into it. And the other one just sort of adds uh, A-L-E-X-A support to your hi-fi system. 
And I think that's smart. I genuinely, I, I truly believe that that is a smart play by Amazon to try to sort of get a place in the hi-fi, you know, living room because any other major speaker like audio device manufacturer has one of those. Sonos has their connection system. Um, Bose has their connection system. And so I think it makes sense for ALEXA to also have theirs. And frankly, Apple sort of kind of does too, or did maybe is the right word Mm -hmm. because of the uh, airport express. So um, I think that it was just, it was a good move all around. And I'm curious uh, to read reviews. I don't have a hi-fi system, but that sort of life fascinates me. Uh, folks that are like super into audio. So I'd love to read a review, and I hope there will be one for the uh, amplifier, the one that you actually can you know, plug your stuff into. You're referring to the you. Echo Link Stream Hi-Fi Music to your stereo system product <clears throat> that is $200? There's the Echo Link, and then there's the... Input is, is there... the one that's ah, just the microphone. Gotcha. Yeah. Then, wait, no, no, um, no, no. Because you're talking, you're 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 saying so the echo, uh, huh. the the one that you're talking about is like the one that is just a microphone, right? The input is just a microphone. The echo link is the one that uh, is a stereo speaker interface. Yes, they also are making something called the echo amp. So they're making the echo link and the echo amp. Oh, I didn't see that on the product page. Yeah, that one's more buried. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's not even just it's called the Echo Link. And then there's the Echo Link Amp. (laughs) Yeah. So there are two products. Um, Yeah, one is uh, essentially a it's just it's sort of like the Echo input, but it's for hi-fi systems, so I think it's got like better internals and does streaming better or something. Well, I can't remember. I was it has all it has them. it has uh, different input and outputs. Um, there's a subwoofer out, a line in uh, left and right, um, and a line out left and right. There's coaxial in and out. There's Ethernet and there's optical in and out, uh, which are inputs that are not offered on uh, something like the the Echo input or on your Echo Dot. Um, or other Echo products that have just a more traditional 3.5 millimeter headphone jack uh, interface. There you go. Yep. Um, and lastly, I think we can cover the Amazon Smart Plug, which I am not going to buy because it doesn't have HomeKit support, but yeah. I can see a lot of people buying this because it is much easier to set up than um, the other uh, plug products that are, that are available so I didn't get a chance to, I, I saw some tweets about this, but I didn't get a chance to check it out myself. What is it that makes this so great? That you can just, that it's a it's a white rectangle thing, very similar to the size and shape of most other smart plugs. Um, and you plug it in and then you open up the Alexa app and it connects and sets it up. And then you are on the internet and ready to go with that device you don't need to do a fake wi-fi blah 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 you don't need to do any of that stuff um it it is just ready to go uh which is an advantage compared to uh some of the other ways in which things are supported okay interesting um yeah that's nice then yeah for people who want to add 
smarts to their device, but don't necessarily, or rather add smarts to their smart home, but don't necessarily know how, uh, that is a, that's a pretty big benefit. I think that that will likely, you know, get people, get people excited about it. And I'm kind of annoyed that Amazon hasn't reached out to me saying if I want to <laughs> uh, try one of these. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't work for you because you are also in the HomeKit ecosystem. So yeah, that's this, true. This doesn't get you a whole anything. Separate. Yeah, it'd be a whole separate deal that I did wouldn't need to. Or mm-hmm. I, yeah, it wouldn't be a long term use thing for me. Like I, I wouldn't mind trying it, but I'm not gonna, not gonna integrate it as part of my smart home for sure. Yeah, and then there's the Fire TV recast. Um, just to very quickly say that it's a very expensive over the air DVR, only over the air, no cable stuff um but That's, is that weird it's is that weird there are other products that are exactly like this um it is it is going to be weird if this takes off um this this is a way to uh get around the lack of availability of local uh news and sports and stuff um for streaming purposes for some people who are who are cord cutters um but it is not good enough because there's not much that most people watch on broadcast television um, compared to uh, what they watch on streaming services. And there is no integration or any of that stuff with, you know, an over the air, uh, I'm sorry, uh, over the top streaming service. So if you like have uh, like, like the Hulu TV app or something like that, where you're paying for the, cable service that they provide basically um that doesn't integrate with this you don't get that as part of it like it's not like having a cable subscription with a dvr um it is just doing your over-the-air stuff um and it is just putting it in a separate interface bucket for that so okay it's very specific um i don't i don't see this uh panning out really for anyone um because it's also 229 dollars it's not cheap um it is of course about what you would pay for a competing product that does the same thing i just see the market as being very limited and uh there's an update to the echo show which is basically yeah. the amazon fire <sighs> tablet hd10 um but oh, like, okay so cuz i was going to like i don't i still don't understand the i don't understand the appeal of this device what is why would you why do you want this <laughs> Some people like having a display where they can see information at a glance, um, like your spot. I have one. It's my phone. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you know, you, you look over at your spot and it has like weather or the time and stuff without having to actually ask what the weather is or ask what the time is. Okay. So some people like that. Um, but then there's also the ability to watch uh, video programming. Um, a lot of people set up like little TVs in their kitchen and stuff. And they, oh, they, they, okay. They, that they like doing that. Sense. Yeah, and they also like um, to uh, listen to music and see the lyrics come up on the screen sometimes. Oh, I just thought of a great, like a great use case for this. I'm in the kitchen and um, I'm making a new meal, and it says I need to, uh, I don't know, uh, sand fry the Brussels sprouts, and I'm like, I've I've never sand fried before. Uh, I could ask the Echo Show, hey, can you pull up a video, sh- like, look for sand frying Brussels sprouts, and then it would be able to pop that up, like, while my hands are in the process. By the way, I completely made that up. That's not a real thing. I don't 
think sand frying is a real thing. I just needed to think of something that I didn't already know how to do in the kitchen. So that's what I came up with. Yeah. Um, but, well, you brought up one of the main, um, uh, the Achilles heel of this product that existed oh, in the wait. previous generation, which is that uh, Google has blocked um, uh, YouTube access. So it does say, though, uh, your new kitchen companion, watch recipe videos, set timers and alarms and add items to your shopping list. So whatever uh, they looks like they have integration with all recipes. So I imagine that you can like work through an all recipes thing. Yeah. And be able to get help with that. Uh, So, yeah, that's so silly. Does it now work with YouTube or is it still not? Still does not. Hey, YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, It is. It is just two dumb companies being dumb um, because <laughs> two dumb companies yeah. being dumb. You also can use it for things like integration with your ring cameras and stuff around your house for security purposes or baby monitoring, um, which some people, I guess, like. Uh, I d- don't want to do that. Um, and like you <laughs> said, with your bathroom spot, um, I, I, I wouldn't want to that either um so i i gotta imagine you you don't uh no have any... i wouldn't yeah i don't have any use for this frankly um i will say i'm kind of uh pleased with amazon um they have a same-sex couple making quiche uh allegedly with the help of their amazon uh, echo <laughs> show i don't see it anywhere on the screen but I imagine that that's uh, that's because it says A-L-E-X-A start a quiche recipe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I feel like that's a stereotype, a though. And they're just not being woke. <laughs> Alexa allies. Yeah. Gay men really like to make quiche. And I don't understand what's uh, <laughs> like that's they think rather that gay men like to make quiche. Yeah. But... Uh, well, and the real thing is carbs are the enemy. So gay men like to make frittatas <laughs> is the thing. See, you should know about frittatas. Ugh. Amazon. I'm disappointed. No, I'm not. I, it's it's. It's nice that you've you've done that. I had leftover um, frittata this morning. Um, well, I'm not surprised. Stereotype zucchini. Um, so anyway, Ooh, that sounds sh- good. It was very green. Uh, so anyway, I think that concludes watches <laughs> and phones and microwaves and recipes. And car mics. Oh my. <laughs> yes. Uh, until until next time, Mister Sergeant. Uh, until next time, Mister Rosensteel. I gotta go catch some more mice. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. Look up the yum, recipe yum, yum. for sand frying your mice. <laughs> <laughs> sand fry your mice. Gross. Yes. <laughs>